Welcome to the Feathered Desert, a podcast all about desert bird feeding in the southwestern region of the United States. Welcome to the Feathered Desert, everyone. This is our fourth episode of Birding by Ear in the Southwest. And Cheryl and I are going to take you all over Arizona with the birds we've chosen for this episode. As a reminder, this is an interactive episode and you will need to grab your bird field guides so you can look at pictures of the birds when we play their calls and their songs. Now, some of you may be asking, why are we even doing episodes like this since every app that you have for birding has songs and calls included in it these days? Well, the answer to that is practice makes perfect. The more you hear the songs of a bird at the same time as you see an image of the bird, the better you'll get at birding by ear. It works. It does. All right, so Cheryl's going to start us off with a bird that is having a great eruption year in 2023. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the yellow-rumped warbler. I even like to say that. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) The yellow-rumped warbler is one of the most common warblers in North America. There are two populations of yellow-rumped warblers. Warblers, although try to say it, you know. Saying it too often and too fast is difficult, yes. (laughs) Um, Warbler one is found mainly in the east, while the other is found mainly in the west. And maybe they'll meet, you know, along the Mississippi someday. (laughs) Today we're talking about the Audubon's yellow-rumped warbler, which is is the one most often found in the west and the one that I usually have in my backyard. During breeding season, the male is a charcoal charcoal gray on the head, back, and wings. The gray will come down onto the chest in two large chevrons. The underparts are white, and white is also seen on the wings. Yellow feathers stand out on the crown of the head, patches under the wings, and low on the back, just above the tail feathers or the rump. This is where the name comes from. During the winter, the male's charcoal gray will change to a lighter gray, and they lose their dark chevrons on the chest, which is what the female looks like all year round. Hmm. The yellow will fade in brightness, but will remain. In the summer, they eat mainly insects, and in the winter, they rely on fruits and berries. And the yellow-rumped warbler can actually digest waxy berries that other birds cannot which allows them to overwinter further north than any other warbler. Get out your ID guide and find the yellow-rumped warbler as we play this song. The song that we played is an Audubon's warbler, but the songs of the myrtle and the Audubons are very similar. And the Myrtle and the Audubons warblers used to be considered two separate species of birds, but after much discussion they are they were, excuse me, reclassified as the same bird with distinct populations. With the current use of DNA testing, they may be classified as separate species or once again once again, but we will have to wait and see scientists they're always going back and forth yeah they're always going back and forth on that one (laughs) so kirsten has our next one yes our next one is the black throated sparrow 
And I kind of fell in love with this one when we went down to Karchner Caverns and hiked around there. Oh, my gosh. So cute. The black-throated sparrow is found throughout the western United States, including West Texas, southern New Mexico, Arizona, Utah, Nevada, and Oregon. It can also be seen in California, Wyoming, and Colorado sporadically. It does migrate a short distance from the more northern states that they inhabit during spring and summer to their overwintering grounds in Arizona and Mexico, where they can also be found year-round. So this sparrow is a five and a half inch long sparrow with a very distinctive facial coloring. Once you have seen it and you know what you're looking for, you're not going to mistake it. A white eyebrow stripe that begins at the base of the beak and terminates at the back of the skull, combined with a white stripe that begins at the base of the lower beak and ends halfway down the side of the throat, gives the sparrow a unique look. A black cheek patch sits in between the two stripes. The majority of the upper body is dark brown, including the top of the head, back, wings, and top of the tail. A large black throat patch covers the entire throat under the beak and tapers to a point on the chest. This is where their name comes from. The chest and underparts are white with buff on the flanks. The underside of the tail is black with white tips. Males and females look the same, while juveniles have brown striping on the chest and belly. The black-throated sparrow is also known as the desert sparrow, as it is often found in more arid areas such as deserts and scrublands. They can tolerate long periods of time without water as they are able to metabolize their own water from the food they eat, which includes insects and seeds. Okay, grab your ID guide and find the black-throated sparrow. Their songs are quite distinctive once you know what to listen for and consists of two clear notes followed by a buzzing trill. This sparrow has lost a lot of preferred habitat because of the change in wildfire behavior. The way humans have altered the occurrence of wildfires has limited the amount of acceptable scrubland. This sparrow is a year-round resident of Southern Arizona and a spring and summer resident of portions of Northern Arizona. So you have a good chance in Arizona of seeing this guy at seeing, some point in time. <laughs> they're quite personal, personal, personal bulls. Yes. Excuse me. So if you're sitting on a, a rock or up against a shrub out when you're hiking or walking, um, yeah, they, they're approachable. They'll approach you. Yeah, they yeah. can. You can get quite close to them. And mm-hmm. in, in, I mean, obviously don't try to grab them. But yes, when you're hiking and you're kind of minding your own business, they don't fly away like some other birds. Right. They kind of sit and, and kind of watch what you're doing yeah. and sing. Yeah. They have a nice little song. They do. I like it. So the next we have is the acorn woodpecker. Now these woodpeckers, again, they're a lot of fun to watch and have a very interesting uh, social structure. The acorn woodpecker is a permanent resident where it is found in the southwestern United States of Mexico. It is found in a diagonal strip across Arizona, beginning in northwestern Arizona and ending in southeastern Arizona. 
It is also found in Western California and Western Oregon, and they are restricted to pine oak forests or hardwood forests with easy access to oaks. This woodpecker is striking in color with a solid black back and wings, a round black patch around the base of their chiseled shaped beak, and a black mask around the white ringed eye. White feathers fill in the space between the black around the beak, above and below the beak. The chest is solid black at the neck, then tapers into a speckled black and white chest that fades into a white belly. The tail is black, and the wings have second, a white secondary uh, feathers that can be seen in flight. A deep red patch sits on top of the head. Males and females look almost identical with one exception. The female has a black segment of feathers in between the white facial feathers and the red top feathers. You may look, you must look closely or you'll miss the distinction. Like many other species of woodpeckers, acorn woodpeckers have a varied diet that, they cons that consists of insects, sap, oak, catkins, Yes, those I looked up. I didn't know what oat, oak catkins were, and it's actually the male fruit before they become acorns. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Fruit, uh, flower nectar, I didn't know that, uh, acorns, uh, grass seeds, lizards, and bird eggs. And unlike other woodpeckers, the acorn woodpecker lives in a large family groups. This is what I was talking about, their social structure. They will breed in colonies and sibling of several generations will hang out in a territory helping raise new young with their parents. With so many individuals around, they can be a noisy bunch. Flip through your field guide to find the acorn woodpecker as we play their call. They are called acorn woodpeckers because they store acorns for use in wintertime emergencies. The way they store these acorns is truly unique. They drill holes into the trees and pound the acorns into them. They are shoved in so tightly that even squirrels can't pry them out. These acorns are referred to as granaries, and some have been found to hold up to 50,000 acorns. These grain yeah, granaries. Granaries, yep. Are also handed down from one generation to the next, keeping the emergency resource in the family. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It is very cool. I, I like to see when them actually pulling out of the granaries, but I don't think we have as much documentation of that happening. I mean, yeah. obviously it happens, but <laughs> since they're using them for emergencies, I mean, it's got to be a really big emergency before you crack yeah, out the pretty, acorns, I guess. Yeah, they're pretty OCD about how they're... Yes. Acorns are arranged. Exactly. <laughs> it is. It, you guys have to look it up. Uh, a picture of um, acorn woodpecker granaries. And it is. that They're like all 
they're like this perfectly spaced and they're like in lines. It's, it's really, they're very good. Okay, so we're going to look at next the Eared Quetzal. The Eared Quetzal is a 14-inch bird in the Trogan family. They are partial to forested areas and are found year-round in the Sierra Madre Occidental of Mexico, south to western, oh no, this is one I practiced it and now I forgot, Michoacan? Michoacan? Anyways, it's a portion of Mexico, I'm sorry, I am butchering it. Um, it's spelled M-I-C-H-O-A-C-A-N. Better you than me. Yes. <laughs> I practiced just, just because of this. Um, we are including the Eared Quetzal in this episode because they can be found in a very small southeastern portion of Arizona, home to the Chiricahua Mountains along the Mexican border. They tend to prefer pine oak forest and mountainous areas. Wherever they reside, they are a permanent resident. If you are lucky enough to see one of these birds in Arizona, you will see a bird with quite beautiful colors. The male has a black head with green back, upper belly, and wings. The red-orange belly and underparts are an easy way to spot this bird in the green foliage of their preferred habitat. A wispy plume feather sits just behind the eye, looking a bit like an ear, hence the name Eared Quetzal. The tail is almost as long as the body with a white undertail and back topside. The body feathers are iridescent, making them sparkle in the sun. And females will be similarly colored with gray on the head and chest instead of the green. So the Eared Quetzal has a small curved beak, which is perfect for eating fruit such as madrone berries. They will eat insects as well as fruits. They catch insects by snapping them off of foliage or catching them on the wing. They will sit motionless for long periods of time when hunting insects. This bird was first spotted in Arizona in 1977 when a family group crossed the border into the Chiricahua Mountains. Grab your ID guide and take a look at this magnificent bird as we play their call. They have quite a unique call that you'll be able to easily recognize with a bit of practice. If you are out in the forests of southeastern Arizona near the Mexican border, keep a lookout for this rarely seen bird. So that's it for this episode of Birding by Ear in the Southwest. Keep practicing and you'll be an expert in no time. Bird song provided by Macaulay Library at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Yellow-rumped warbler, recorded by Sylvan Lan. Black-throated sparrow, recorded by Paul Marvin. Acorn woodpecker, recorded by Harriet Barker. And eared kitzall, recorded by Andrew Spencer.